This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Rick Corey along with Scott File on this Friday drive to work. Remember, Scott and I will have picks later on, and I'm going to dare Scott to even figure out who the one team is. <laughs> I'll have to look at the schedule here. No, I... don't do now. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Well, I, but, but, but I can look at the schedule, and I still don't know what games you've picked. Well, so. you, you don't, but if you start looking for very, very obscure teams, you might figure it out. Because I'm going to admit, I, when I looked at this one, I had to look it up. I didn't have any clue at whoever it was either. All right, so, plus still to come today, we'll, we'll have more about tonight's high school football and tomorrow's college football. Relive a little bit of the Eagles-Vikings game last night as well, and I'll get into why I think Alabama might have made a mistake yesterday with their pregame meal. In the meantime, we welcome in now an old friend, Carlos Gomez. He's retired an Oklahoma game warden. He is now... Well, he's, he's doing what he's always done. You've always just been an advocate for outdoor life, and that's what you continue to do with Gene H. Decoys. Explain your role. Yeah, Rick. Um, my title is Director of Conservation, and sitting here with us, of course, is Ray Penny, the CEO of GNH Decoy. And, and, and Ray will tell you that when we talked about GNH Decoy and Director of Conservation a couple of years ago, we still haven't figured out what that is. <laughs> I, I'm not wait, sure. Wait, wait, what, you're paying him and we're not sure what it is? I, I'm not sure what I do. But, <laughs> but you're right. In my many years as a game warden, uh, the one common denominator to everything I tried to do was uh, promote conservation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that outdoor conservation, hunting and fishing and all those healthy activities like that are so important to everybody, especially our young people. And I, I just like to advocate for that, and that's what GNH is doing. And I've mentioned before, and I, and I, I, I solidly believe this, put together every sport, every person plays in this state, and I mean everybody, from amateurs on up, and there are still more hunters and fishermen than there are all those things combined. Wow. Outdoor Oklahoma is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it is nationwide, too. We're just doing great in this state. One thing that I've, I always like to have you explain before we even get into it, and we'll get to Ray in a moment and find out why he's paying you, but we'll do that in a second. Uh, and that is, people will say, well, if you're out and you're hunting and you're fishing, you're not conserving, you're harvesting, you're taking. Well, explain why that's important. Well, uh, I appreciate that opportunity to explain that. You know, it, it's a it's a heavily misunderstood issue, especially with non-hunters. A lot of folks that do not hunt, uh, of course, if they're eating protein, they're getting that from the store and they're getting it from a commercial market. And what they're missing is beyond the health that comes from natural foods, uh, they're missing the fact that somebody else is gathering their protein for them. Mm-hmm. So they don't know anything about where and what that, uh, you know, where it comes from and that sort of thing. But the important thing about uh, gathering your own protein is you are getting to experience a broad range of things when you are out participating. You're not necessarily out there and just shooting something anytime you go out. So really the key to um, uh, the question is the the species is a broad number of animals and to protect this broad species of animals you need funding and to have funding you need a funding mechanism and that funding mechanism is what we call the North American conservation model that is the only place in the world this exists and that model is where all hunters contribute through license sales through an excise tax on hunting and fishing equipment And that tax is paid to the states according to the number of license sales. So participants that buy a hunting license are also getting a portion of that excise tax on guns and ammunition, etc. A lot of things besides guns and ammo. But that tax 
is coming back to the state. That money goes to pay for wildlife conservation. The wildlife department doesn't get any money, not a dime from the legislature, not any tax money. Your libraries, your highways, your schools, all of that money is not going anywhere towards conservation. It all comes from the sale of those licenses. Well, and then you're also making sure that that any specific species is correctly harvested so it's not, I mean, we've actually had to have extra deer seasons lately because the population was so high, and you do have to keep the population cut. Yeah, it's not just about game wardens and protecting and enforcing laws. There's a lot of management and a lot of research that goes into that, Mm -hmm. and that's what those game laws are based on, is on science and research. So that research is created through the hard work of biologists that are doing lots of studies to determine. And everyone knows, you know, I'm old enough to tell you that uh, when I was a young man and we were deer hunting, we were excited when we saw deer tracks. Mm -hmm. We were excited if we saw a deer. Now you're excited if you can drive down the highway and not hit a deer. (laughs) So they're everywhere. They're coming into town. They're getting in people's gardens. They're, they're, They're everywhere. And, of course, there's a lot of diseases Um, you know, attached to that. So the point is we're trying to keep everything in balance Mm -hmm. with the habitat, and that's what hunters do. So Ray Penny, the CEO of GNH Decoy, is here. Explain to everybody what, you know, I mean, decoys or decoys, we kind of understand what that is, but give us the genesis. Give us the background. How'd you get get here? Sure. So GNH was uh, founded in 1934, the first production decoy company to ever do it, sort of uh, writ large, you know, mass-produced decoys. A lot of great mom-and-pop carvers all over the country that make beautiful decoys. Uh, but our founder, John Gazalski, in 1934, saw that President Roosevelt had signed the Duck Stamp Act, which made it illegal to use live birds as decoys. And so he saw a market opportunity and decided he was going to start making decoys to sell for people. They were so popular that people from all over the country started writing him and asking him for those decoys. And the company just grew and grew and grew. And uh, almost 90 years later, uh, here we are. Here we are. So how did you get a hold of this Yahoo? So Carlos and I actually met uh, some years ago. He's chuckling right now while I tell the story because uh, I was working as prosecutor at the Tulsa County DA's office on the Gang and Organized Crime Unit, and Carlos was a game warden, and uh, he'll probably kick me when we walk out of here, but I was at the urinal one time going to the restroom, and uh, he walked up behind me and said, are you Ray Penny? And I wondered immediately. I could see it was a game warden, and I thought, man, have I done something that I can't remember? And uh, I, said, I said, yeah, I'm Ray Penny. Who's asking? And he said, well, hurry up, and he said, let's go to lunch. And so we, you know, washed my hands and got out of there and we went to lunch and I just had no idea what this guy was coming to talk to me about and come to find out that uh, he and his partner, Brandon, were having a tough time finding a prosecutor that would care about the wildlife cases. Yes. Because to most of the other folks in the courthouse, they couldn't understand, you know, why a duck was important or why a deer was important. And Carlos had heard that I like to hunt and fish. And so, you know, we kind of built a partnership and they said, hey, we'll, we'll take care of you if you... You know what I mean? Give us your attention and give us the time to help us prosecute our cases. And Carlos and I, you know, we started as, um, you know, professional friends. And Carlos has become, you know, one of my best friends in the city now. And I've known him for, for years now. And, uh, I, you know, I love the guy. And, and uh, I really enjoyed not just prosecuting with him, but now, you know, doing more work for conservation through GNH. You, you make a great point there is that, that that's you got to find somebody who'll take something like that seriously. I'm just laughing a little bit. Is Carlos seeking you out in the toilet? <laughs> He's, Carlos has always been really bold and straightforward about I what he does. I was well trained in doing that, Rick, because I used to have to chase the prosecutors to the bathroom to get a minute of their time to talk about my rabbit case. I'd say, I don't care about rabbits. I've got this burglary, and I've got this assault, and i got this, and, I, and they just didn't care. They just didn't have any time for it. So, 
you know, that was about the only time you could get their attention. You didn't turn around quickly, did you? No, I, no, I took I my did. time. Good. I uh, <laughs> sure. No. Thank, you, thank goodness for that. We're talking to Ray Penny, CEO of GNH Decoys, and Carlos Gomez, the director of Converse, Converse, conservation there, who also is a former game warden here in the state of Oklahoma. Scott Files with me. Scott? Uh, I'm not sure they can hear me, but how much have you seen kind of the general public? Hang on, take he's, a, put, he's putting on oh, your headphones. Go I'm, ahead. Yeah. How, right how much have you seen the general public take a greater role in conservation efforts? That's a great question. I think that um, we're going through a boom in hunting right now since COVID. You know, COVID pushed yes. a lot of people outdoors. Mm-hmm. They realized they didn't want to be trapped in the house. And so we have a lot of new hunters or we have a lot of folks who maybe hunted when they were small kids with their parents. Mm-hmm. It kind of fell by the wayside as their careers developed over the years. And there's a lot of people that are getting back into it. You know, the starting question that you asked was, you know, if we like to shoot them, why does conservation matter? Well, mm-hmm. conservation matters. We do like to shoot these animals. We like to go harvest them. We like to hunt them, but we want them to be on the landscape. And I want my kids to have them on the landscape. And and my kids, I think even at their young age, want their kids to have them on the landscape. And so I think it's it's a pretty easy connection to make once you start doing this. You realize there's a whole lot more to this than just harvesting the animal. You got to do work outside of the season to make sure that those animals are there again next year and they have the resources that they need. Uh, and, you know, I, I read somewhere years ago, and I think it's true, that nobody really cares more about wildlife than hunters do. There's a lot of great folks doing conservation work who are not hunters, but hunters take it very, very seriously because hunting doesn't exist without conservation. Yeah, right. And we know Tess Monty from upstairs who, you know, Tess, last time she was down here, she she does her her shows, her outdoor shows during the season, told me that uh, by by the beginning of deer season or by two, three weeks into the deer season, she did not buy any protein at a store for the rest of the season because of what they had harvested themselves and were able to do. And my uncle was the same way. My family had the same kind of background. Now, you guys didn't come up here just to talk about that. You came up here to talk about your big waterfowl festival. So tell me all about it, Carlos. Well, Rick, I appreciate that, too. We have a festival. It's our second annual. It's going to happen September 23. That's a week from tomorrow. And it's going to be at GNH World Headquarters in Henrietta. <laughs> and you can't miss GNH Headquarters. It's right there on 75 Highway. Uh, just before you get into Henrietta mm-hmm. there on the right. And this festival is an opportunity for all sportsmen to come together. We, I'll let Ray talk about a lot of the things we have at this event. It's really going to be a cool deal because there's a state waterfowl calling contest and a lot of other things to do there. But the funding from this event is going to the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Foundation. Not the Department of Wildlife, but its foundation, a nonprofit arm. And what will they do with, I mean, what, what kind of things do they do? Well, there's all kinds of little ins and outs of things that they would like to do to help the wildlife department that the wildlife department can't spend their money on or they don't have money for it. Mm-hmm. So this is just a way for us to contribute back and all sportsmen get all kinds of great deals with these things and and get to see and learn some fun things. I mean, generally there are all the kinds of vendors at these events. You get to meet different people. So, Ray, what kind of events you guys going to have going on there? So, uh, Carlos has actually come up with a pretty cool idea, which is to have sort of a waterfowler's challenge. And so there's going to be a series of different events that folks of all ages can come participate in. Uh, all the things that a, that a good waterfowl hunter would need to be able to do, bird identification, calling, um, questions about conservation, questions about habitat, decoys, all sorts of different things. And so uh, folks are going to have the opportunity, and there are going to be prizes associated with this, to go through the waterfowlers challenge and show their show their skills off. And uh, hopefully at the end of the day, you know, have the top score and be sort of named, uh, I guess we could say, maybe the best waterfowler in the state, Carlos? Yeah, the waterfowler challenge champion. 
It's going to have a youth category and an adult oh, cool. category. Yeah. So the young guys can come out there and gals can come out there and compete in this as well. So, uh, you know, there's going to be food trucks. There's going to be the calling contest, um, a number of activities there, vendors selling all kinds of hunting equipment and so forth. Um, I know that GNH will be doing decoys and that sort of thing. A percentage of those sales will go to the foundation. All of the money raised by the um, uh, festival will all go 100% to the foundation. That sounds fun. The reason these things are fun, I mean, if you you go to the boat show, it's not just looking at the boats. You go around and look at all the stuff you can buy that goes with it. And the vendors we're talking about, I mean, those are, to me, Ray, that's one of the more fun events. You get to walk around and see everything, don't you? Absolutely. And we're going to have some great vendors there. Uh, We're going to have Boss Shot Shells there. We're going to have, gosh, Drake waterfowl. We're going to have uh, canvasback waterfowl, really cool one-piece wader system. Um, we're going to have, oh, gosh, Carlos, the, the list is eluding me. We've got a whole bunch of folks, National Wild Turkey Federation, Ducks Unlimited, Delta waterfowl. Um, we're going to have Pacific Calls, which is a really well-known uh, call-making company that's going to be there. Uh, and on that note, we should also mention, uh, as a big plug here, uh, I know we've got a lot of competitive duck callers in Oklahoma, the Probably the keystone event for the whole festival is that at noon that afternoon, we are going to host the state waterfowling competition. And the winner of that competition will be sent to compete in the national event in oh. Arkansas. Oh, that's cool. So we'll, we'll qualify the winner. Uh, there'll be a couple of different categories. And uh, we will send that winner to Stuttgart, Arkansas in November to compete for the national title. Okay, and September 23rd, what time, guys? Nine to five. It's free. Just come go. on. Costs zero point zero dollars. Even Scott and I can afford that. Zero point zero dollars. All right, that's not so bad. I, I'm going to ask Carlos here though. <clears throat> Basic Saturday afternoon in the fall in Oklahoma. Ooh. You going to go hunting? You going to watch OU? Uh, I'm going to be actually on the road. What I'm going to be doing? Yeah, I'll be I'll be engaged in an elk hunt. Ah, I got gotcha. you. So All right, yeah. I got to do what I got to do, but <laughs> but the uh, the the big screen TV that we've got. How many inches is that? Like ninety inches or something? It's we're a big one in the game. Yeah, we're gonna have some ball games going on there, there in go. the lobby, and there's going to be. Uh, all these activities all day. It is a come and go kind of a thing. So you can watch some game there. You can watch some game at home and come, or you there can. You go. Come well, earlier and go watch home. Well, game, nine to five. Whatever, I mean, you so. got all kinds of opportunities yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah, teal season is open. You can, we have set this up so we did this deliberately so that you can go hunt in the morning. You can show up to the event. We'll even let you pick your ducks in our front lawn if you want to. <laughs> go hunting in the morning. Show up to the event. Do some of that. We'll have cold beer and barbecue there at the festival. You can watch some of the game on the big screen if you want to. If you want to go home and watch the game, you can come later in the afternoon. We'll be there all day long. It's come and go as you please. You know, you mentioned elk, actually, and I had mentioned this on the air, but a couple of weeks ago as we were going to Ten Killer, my wife and I were interrupted by an elk, a male and female elk, on the road just uh, this side of Bragg's going down to Ten Killer. And the male was standing dead center in the middle of the road like he didn't care. The female just off the edge of the road. Now there are a lot of people who didn't realize that there are elk in Oklahoma. Yeah, I've got some. I got a couple of pictures. Just a beautiful animal, and it made me think. And I thought of you when I saw it. How how is the elk population? Well, it's growing. Uh, you know, the elk population on the east side of the state where you saw that animal is is quite small. That was that was uh, a fluke almost that you ran into elk there, but uh, there's a. Fairly hardy population growing in the southwest, mm-hmm. in the about five-county region around the Wichita Mountain Refuge. 
uh, where they originally escaped from, where Teddy Roosevelt put them <laughs> in the early 1900s. And there's a pretty steady population that moves in and out of the panhandle uh, at the far end of uh, Cimarron County, there where New Mexico and Colorado come together. So we've got a few pocket places where there are animals, and, and we do have an elk season that's pretty liberal uh, compared to other states. Well, you're going to have to, I mean, you can come over here and show me, but uh, I'm pretty sure that right there is a male elk. That is a male elk, and boy, he was That's really a good close standing still. Yep, he? and he and he yeah. was a nice size, and did not care at all. Standing dead center in the middle of the stripes on the road, right That's there, his just road. just short of bra- of the of the fort there, and the the truck in front of us just stopped, and then he kind of waved me around, and I pulled up next to him so I could get the picture. And then, yeah. of course, all you have to do is get a little bit closer, and he ran off into the woods, and the female ran off before him. But I had not seen that before. I've seen black bear down there and, of course, other things, but I would not seen the elk. So that one surprised me a little yeah. bit, but I thought it was really cool. Where are you going on your hunt? Well, I'll be going to Colorado. I've got a, a special opportunity there, and, uh, and that's taken me on a once-in-a-lifetime uh, chase, and so I'm going to be uh, doing that. But, uh you know, it's something I like to do every chance I get, and I don't get to go every year, but sure. uh, I look forward to this. All right, so Ray Penny, the CEO of GNH Decoys, and and Carlos, I want to remind you, this is September 23rd. It's 9 to 5. It's right there in, in GNH, as you said, very easy to find right there. We've all seen it, and you might not even have recognized that you've seen it, but if you're driving on 75 into Henrietta, you're going to find it's it. It's just a mile before you get to I-40. Yeah, just 9, uh, nine to 5 all day long. And before we go, how do, I mean, can people just find you at GNHDecoys.com? Uh, it's GHD. GHDecoys.com, uh, GHDecoys.com, at GHDecoys on socials. And uh, there'll be more information about the Waterfowl Festival there and everything else. That's I, going so on. I know the festival is here, and you talked about that last year with Carlos, too. You got plans to do any other kinds of things like this through the year? We do. We got a couple other events coming on yeah, uh, the festival night. in September. Friday There's night. actually, we're having a paint night the night before. This has been a really popular little event that we do. Um, their ticket is $35, or you can get two for 60 and come out. We provide you with blank decoys and all the paint. Oh, there's food, cool. there's beverages, we play music, and it's just a casual night in the evening there where we Burn set out some decoys. And, and paint your decoy. <laughs> paint up a decoy together. Great, great date night opportunity. You know, great opportunity to get out and paint one on your own, see how it happens. And uh, in December, December the 14th through the 16th, we're hosting a duck camp event with a group called Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, where people will actually come camp on our front lawn. Uh, we'll have, you know, food, beer, and live music in the evening, and then we'll get up and hunt in the morning and uh, then come back to the factory and swap stories and, you know, show off birds and all those things. <laughs> and so. the things that got away, right? Absolutely. Uh, it's always great uh, visiting about this kind of thing. I love outdoor Oklahoma. As a guy who spent a lot of his time underwater here, and, and I'm the conservation thing is big with me, and especially when you see some of what can happen and how things can get trashed. And I, I, I'm, I'm very much on you guys' side on this one. Thank you for driving up. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. I can't believe you found you in the toilet. Ray Penny and, and Carlos Gomez. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.